a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, today on President's Day, it's Live Mike with Amy Donaldson and... Scott Howell, right here, live. Scott Scott, and I keep forgetting to turn our microphones on, but we will figure it out by 3 p.m. <laughs> I kind of like the Amy and Scott show. I know. We should do this. It's cool. It's very fun. Yeah. We're moving, we're clipping along really fast. Uh, we've gone overtime every single time. We apologize to the producers. Um, we're blaming it on our uh, novice yes. uh, credentials. Uh, but we're doing a little quote from uh, presidents uh, uh, in each segment. And so here's uh, my favorite from John Tyler. President John Tyler served from 1841 to 1845. Here lies the body of my good horse, the general. For 20 years, he bore me around the circuit of my practice. And in all that time, he never made a blunder. Would that his master could say the same. Oh, I love that one. I love that one. Well, this one's really apropos. It's from uh, Ronald Reagan. It actually will help introduce our next guest. Government does not solve problems. Quote, it subsidizes them. Ronald Reagan. All right. We well, do have to say thank you to the those of you who are texting in on the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Please please continue to do that at 57500. Um, but we wanted someone shared uh, their favorite presidential quote from Donald Trump. Um, I've never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke, <laughs> which is funny. So I had to share. I we that was we kind of made a rule before the show good. that we wouldn't share quotes from the last three presidents because people can't separate their emotions from right. the sentiment. So uh, we apologize. Too funny not to share. Also, I should point out that he said that before he was president. He was president. Right. But, yeah. right. So, well, listen, we are honored, Amy, yes. to have another powerful woman, a leader in our state. Someone who has uh, done so well up at the legislature, uh, Representative Kim Coleman. Uh, Representative Coleman, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day, your day off. You don't really get one, but thank you for joining us and uh, also a candidate for uh, Congress. Uh, uh, Kim, tell us a little bit about your bill. And and we just had Dr. Marbot out here and your experience with Dr. Marbot and where you're going on this homelessness and the whole initiative. I, I've heard you talk about this as being the third rail of Operation Rio Grande. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, you bet. Uh, you know, several years ago, uh, we, the legislature and Speaker Greg Hughes took on uh, some of the challenges relating to people experiencing homelessness in Salt Lake City. And, you know, we're seeing this in a number of cities across the country that the problem seems to be growing and uh, you know, really getting worse for Salt Lake City and, and, and such, uh, such a tragedy, such a, a really, um, a concern for human dignity and human potential. And so he, he started sort of a, a, a triage, um, phased effort to to kind of first root out the criminal element that we were seeing congregating around a, a very vulnerable population and and then splitting that up and trying to put more focus on resource centers instead of uh, a single brick and mortar um, shelter and, and really starting to identify that people who are in in these situations, largely, overwhelmingly, most need help with mental health, with substance abuse issues. And, and so to, to be able to 
physically facilitate that aspect of, of our challenge. But now we need to keep going. And the next thing we're looking at is really how do we deliver these services better? And um, we had audits uh, that were conducted that identified a list of things that were uh, very problematic. And so uh, the legislation I'm dealing with uh, looks at that third phase, looks at how do we be better service providers. And, and again, it's, it's first and foremost about the people and the, the people in relieving this, this, the suffering and, and, and trying to move people to better states of dignity and better states of self-reliance. And, and then to learn that Dr. Marbet, who has recently been appointed federally to look at our homeless situation across the country, uh, we're, quite in sync with what they're trying to do nationally, the things that he's evangelizing across the country and where um, where Secretary Carson would like to take the uh, Housing and Urban Development uh, Department. It, it's very much in sync with what we're doing. And, you know, that's pretty common that we see cities and states having similar challenges uh, and, and finding out that a lot of it is rooted in the same problems. And part of what you said, Scott, you know, we're the government. We're here to help. Uh, another famous Ronald Reagan quote, um, we haven't done this as well as we can. So looking at the results of that audit, looking at what, again, what Dr. Marbut is is uh, encouraging uh, through evidence, through data, through mm-hmm. good research of what works and what hasn't worked. And we're right in sync with that here in Utah with this legislation. Representative Coleman, I, Mike, I was wondering what were some of those problem areas specifically like you referenced the audit but did it give you just two or three specifics that we're failing in when it comes to um dealing with the the services that we try to deliver well some of them kind of dovetail each other so we have a problem with collecting data uh so sometimes we're collecting the wrong data uh sometimes we're not collecting it um very well at all it's not coordinated data and so we have people sort of in and out of services and in and out of, uh, of shelters, and we really aren't identifying where they need the help and how we can target what they need. Uh, we also don't have capitulation and leadership. There's not a person that I, I sit on the uh, Social Services Appropriations Committee, so we're the ones approving the millions of dollars going to these programs, but there's not a person we can put on the stand and say, hey, tell us how you're doing mm-hmm. or tell us what you need, tell us what the challenges are. We sort of have big, large, unwieldy committees that are trying to drive policy, and that's just never the best way to do anything. So yeah. uh, you can't credit someone, you can't blame someone, you can't direct someone. Yeah. And so when you don't have that leadership, that that executive function, then it's very hard to direct a problem as big as this is. Well, it's sort of like that old um, adage, you know, it's easy to diagnose a problem, it's much it's much different to find a solution, right? Everybody can point out, hey, this is a problem. This is not working. This is not what we need. But it takes somebody else, a, a true leader, to say, here's what we do about that problem. Here's some solutions for it. I do want to share something we had come in on the uh, Utah Community Credit Union text line because I think it's really a great uh, insight. Um, it says, hi, having been a middle-class white homeless person for the rest, past 10 years, Fully employed, but couldn't afford a place to live, so I lived in my car and got ready for work on park and business restrooms. I know what it's like. The programs the government 
the programs the government, I'm assuming there's a word missing here, is investing in are wasting millions of dollars and will not work. I have some unique insights. And again, because I am a nobody, nobody's interested in hearing from me. And I'm just curious how much of what um, you're proposing or what you guys, the committees that you um, have come in contact with actually either have formerly homeless people on the panels or boards or committees or take insight from them where they say this is what it's like this is how i got here this is what helped me get out of homelessness well so i'm listening to people like the person who just said he's a nobody and i i just shuddered that thought i mean uh you're a person sir like like me like uh like those of us who are listening right now you're every bit as valuable as anybody but yeah we do we we make these committees of people who our service providers, their city leaders, that it's it's a challenge in their city. But, no, I have been in and out of service providers and listening to people. And, sadly, um, I'm going into the, the more successful uh, programs like the Other Side Academy, which, by the way, receives no public money. And I'm listening to the people tell me that they've been in and out of program, government-funded program after government-funded program and things that don't work. And so one of the things we're looking at is uh, what is working about the sort of those private nonprofit programs that are so successful versus the ones we're publicly funding that, uh, that again, are that seem to be revolving door, not really targeting the problem. And, and then that, that means that we've got resources going to places that don't work. And that means there are people who are not being helped. And that's the tragedy of the whole thing. So, um, so absolutely, we should be involving people who have, uh, have transitioned from uh, homelessness to self-reliance and, and knowing and understanding what those challenges were at every single point. And, and we have a population that are, are, uh, are resistant, but overwhelmingly most of the population who will experience homelessness or, or, or housing insecurity are people who, who can benefit from successful programs and find themselves restoring that that human dignity and that self-reliance and and that is so incredibly important that we we help people find that we should not be measuring as much um the the measure of success is not how many housing vouchers we give out but it's how many people how many people realize their fulfillment and their potential as a human and move to self-reliance we don't measure that sorry representative coleman we have we're up against a break but so we have to go but i cannot thank you enough for your work and i cannot thank you enough for joining us today on what is sort of a day off um thank you thank you so much and good luck in your congressional race uh that's my congress that's my district so oh wow you got I'll a be watching. here i'll be watching <laughs> and representative coleman leadership is hard and thank you for taking on a hard task yeah uh you're listening thank to you're live right. mike with uh lee lonsberry i'm dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast cold Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.